my top five podcasters, Chris, 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 Chris Lambert, and probably myself, but this ain't about that. The mundane festival is where you at. If you've been tapped in, you know what's up. If you're a first-timer, hey, welcome to the club. The cost of admission is simply a subscription. Then rating and reviewing it wherever you listen. Don't worry about change-ups. The cast won't break up. Even with that million-dollar contract, show up a stand-up guy who's a stand-up comedian with a stance on everything from food to media. So welcome to the show. Please take your seat. Let's find out what he's got in store this week. Who, me? I'm Don. Will you open the act? Thanks for coming out. Please clap. The Mundane Festival with your host, Chris Lambert. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the mundane festival podcast i'm your host christopher lamberth recording this episode for sunday october 15th 2023 remember as always you can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening apparatus if you're really into this thing go over to apple Podcasts or wherever you listen give this show a five-star review let everybody know why you like it because it's simply the right thing to do and if you would like to take your love and appreciation of this show to an even deeper level, go over to patreon.com slash mundane festival and subscribe. It's three bucks a month for hours and hours and hours of bonus content. This is episode 681. I'm not alone. I have a very special guest. You know him. You love him. He's one half of, well, actually one half of the comedy outliers podcast one half of the medium popcorn podcast. They've got a great show coming to under St. Mark's on October 27th, a nice fun Halloween show. I hope that you you all will get tickets and uh, join in the fun. Please everyone. Welcome Mr. Brandon Collins. How the hell hey. are you, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. I appreciate that intro. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's good to see you, man. It's been a while since we've, we've touched base. Yeah, it we, we was at your show, your your album yeah, the, taping last yeah, the, last few month. weeks ago. A few weeks. Yeah, ago, it was yeah. fun. I had a great time. Yeah, thanks for hosting, man. That was that was dope. That was like a dope. Like you just felt the support and the love in the room, and it was just good to get all that out. Like you know, work, be able to work through some stuff, like and like get clarity and like kind of where I want my next direction, like my next my new material to go and stuff like that. Sure. Um, and just like being there with you and Mike, obviously, like that was dope as well. Well, my heart was full when you asked me to do it. Like at it was early in the morning, like a I don't know when you texted me, but it was on a like early morning. I had insomnia had got the best of me and I mm. see a text from you. I was like, hell yeah, let's do this. Let's rock. <laughs> I got that. I felt like I got the bat signal <laughs> and uh, I wore my uh, Kobe P.E.s to that show. I christened my my. Mm. Kobe PEs that I bought from StockX for you guys. So we appreciate great, it, man. Yeah, I had a great and, time. And I appreciate you being so responsive when I reach out because sometimes, you know, comics will reach out to them and you don't hear nothing until the day of your show. And then they're like, oh, yeah, I'll do it. And you're like, well, it's already. Oh, it's because it's, well, one, one, I'm a professional. Two, it's because it's you. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I, I mean, you know, this business. 
is a motherfucker. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. And it's I I would not say that you, Mike, and me are the BFFs, but we're on a text chain. I care for you guys. I have a a, a general love and respect for you guys more so than uh, quite a lot of people in this business. So when you guys call, I try to show up, you know what I mean? Try to show yeah. up for people you care about. So, um, yeah, that meant a lot to me that you guys asked and yeah, I just wanted to show up and it, it's really, it's really hard in a business like this to find people such as you and Mike, you know, that are genuine, decent people. So it's, um, I had to do my part. So Appreciate it, man. And I also appreciate like, cause I was able to lock you in so quickly and I know you're not going to flake on me. Like if no. anything, if something comes up, I know it's going to be real serious and you would not have like wanted to inconvenience Mike and I in any way. Oh right? yeah. There's some people where I book and I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to tell my co-host that I booked this person until maybe a day or two before, you know what oh, I mean? Okay. Cause you're just like, I feel like this is too good to be true. Or this person just like, they're like, not asking enough questions. You know what I mean? Like as a comic, you know, if someone reaches out to you, like, Hey, can you do a spot on this show? You're going to ask like, how much does it pay? How much time am I doing? Like what's, what time do I have to be there? This person's just like, cool. And you're like, uh, <laughs> that's, I don't, I don't know. If that's actual confirmation. You know? What yeah. I mean? The only other thing I think I had, I just moved around a date. I was supposed to do like live from outer space, but I just reached out to mm. Micah and just said, Hey, can we just reschedule? Cause I don't, I, it's cool that people do several spots in the night, but for a show, like, like you guys, a show for a taping, it's like, it's a different, it's a different ball of wax. So mm. I didn't want to risk anything. Yeah. And, uh, Micah was kind enough to, to switch, you know, let me switch around. So it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal, you know, to, to switch. One of the good things about that, and this is very seldom ever happened to me parking right in front of the building. Mm, steps yeah. away from from union hall like i was just like i was like oh this is gonna be either a good night or a terrible night <laughs> on a friday no, night yeah that's that's lucky yeah. that's, that's no, it was, it, yeah I, I looked at it as a sign of uh of uh uh good good things good things yeah man i um yeah we're in the process of editing our albums and stuff like that and like uh uh, Mike and I are actually working on a secret project right now um, okay. that we'll hopefully be able to start sharing with people within the next month or so, like details about that. Um, but really excited about this project. Like it's another like live event that okay. we think is going to really, really um, uh, people are going to really fuck with and like, you know, appreciate and want to be involved in. So, yeah. And I got to give you your flower, you and Mike, your flowers on this. One, one other thing, because it was just like, I always felt like comedy outliers was a cool show. It's like a cool hip show. And it's one of those things where I'm going to, I'm going to blow my own horn. I'm going to sound like an asshole, but as talented as I am, where I feel like I'm, I still am not embraced by the community in New York. Uh, seeing things where just being ha having having credits that you you quote unquote supposed to get. I'm making air yep. quotes yep. and doing doing certain things and and um maybe it's to my own detriment, but you feel like you get left out of the reindeer games in a lot of ways. Mm. So with with I say I've said that to to Rod and Karen about this, and and I'm saying it to you. Uh, it was really like cool to be a part of that 
the the years that you guys have been doing it for getting to do it a few times uh and then one in the culmination of something being super important to you and mike that you guys called on me that was that was a big deal for me so i think my buddy Maranzio vance was talking about this on one of his recent podcasts where you have these these um I don't know how you it, it I guess it you put it in I don't know if it's like I'm really paraphrasing what he said but I I I think I had another definition for it. It's kind of like you can't really pay for anything with certain experiences. Like mm. like if you like if you meet like one of your heroes grow and and it's you have a positive experience to where like you you're, you're like oh this 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 makes me feel like I'm on the right track or yes, I'm doing yep. what I'm supposed to be doing, or I got this gig or I worked with this person and I'm moving forward. And then to have your peers, like, you know, like you and Mike say, hey, we, Chris, cause let's, let's reach out to Chris. So that was, that was good for me because a lot of times you don't, this is such a stand up just as a practice is a solitary yes. uh, endeavor. And you can lose a lot of friends. You can meet people, like-minded people and things like that. But it could be like a solitary endeavor when it's just like, I'm alone. I'm a lone wolf. <laughs> and it's just kind of one of those things. So, I, yeah, I, I really appreciated that. And it makes me feel good to be a part of, uh, you know, that when the way, the way you guys do, you know, quality stuff and uh, to have me on, guys. <laughs> appreciate that, man. Yeah. yeah we're. We're going to keep doing the podcast and folks, if you're not aware the comedy outliers podcast is back, it's consistent now. Mike and I are actually on a schedule. Um, but yeah, I think in regards to stand up iteration of the show, I think that that might've been, you might've been part of like the last one. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Cause I think the, the project that we're looking to do is completely different. Mm-hmm. And just from a marketing standpoint, I feel like the independent stand up scene is just so oversaturated and there's so many shows with gimmicks now, so they have their own like followings. And I think the the standard kind of unique, diverse stand up lineup isn't really as you know intriguing as it used to be. And so, yeah. unless we wanted to add gimmicks or do something completely out of the box that might alienate our old following, we're like, let's kind of put a pause on the stand up show for a while. Speak on that because I'm I'm not really aware of it. I I just the shows that I'm get booked on, it's just like yeah. you do your set, you try to do what you try to do well and you <laughs> go home. What are, what are some of these shows? What are folks doing? I mean, I'm just like, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing the enthusiasm for the, the independent scene. Like I used to, I see a mm. lot of people in shows like these independent shows at a pizzeria or in the back of a bar and yeah. things like that. And people that are deliberately going, but I don't feel that excitement. It feels more like, this is something I think is cool, but like, I'm not exactly excited to be here or I'm not like curious about what might happen. I'm not thinking I'm going to have an experience. Right. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's kind of like, well, then what's the point of doing this if it's not for stage time. And for me, I've never like approached the show I've done like for the stage time. I always want to mm-hmm. be like, I want to think about the audience having a great time at my event. You yeah. Know? And so like, that's never been a driver for me. And I, I've had conversations with Mike about how that's not something that I'm passionate about as a producer. And so then he was like, all right, like, you know, because he's also observing his own like uh, experiences at these stand-up shows. Now they're just like, like you said, you drop into the spot, blah, blah, blah. Whereas outliers, what I loved about that show was that people like to hang out after their set. Yeah. 
like unless they like were slammed like with five other bookings they would like hang out for a while and, like watch the crowd watch other comedians and that that's how i knew as a producer i was booking well because when i have comics that perform we already pay them and then they're like i'm just thinking i'll watch this person like or I'm, I'm gonna watch the rest of the show. I got nothing else to do. Or I like my yeah. spot's not for later tonight. I always appreciate that. And that's where I, I I see that missing in a lot of shows now. I see that missing on the scene in general. I honestly, this new class, I can tell you, I'm always surprised when I see a new person that I haven't uh, heard of and they murder. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna keep this name in the back of my head in case like I ever, you know, need to book new comics. But it's different, man. It's different than you know, especially after the pandemic. Yeah. Um just like the the approach is different, the the networking's different and it's very clicky now. It's more clicky than it used to be. Even more? I think so. Especially with wow. the new class like I Yeah, that, that's there's a huge like separation I think between like I would say our class of comedians and the new class mm-hmm. and even the the newer newer class like kids getting straight out of like high school and shit. They're getting into it. Wow. Yeah, I don't I saw somebody that just started and I was like, oh boy. <laughs> I was just like the the actor strike needs to end. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you don't need to you're pretty. You don't need to do this. Mm. But uh yeah, no, it's I, I hope it ends too. I get get some odd more auditions and stuff, but that's uh, right, man. Yeah, it's yeah. uh it's curious because we haven't I mean, I know they went on a media blackout. I think SAG after and um the MTP, I think they agreed for once to actually go on a media blackout. Mm. But it's it's quietly been going on for quite a few days, like a, a little bit longer in the WGA negotiations where they had everyone in the room finally, mm-hmm. the studio heads and stuff. So I wonder what's going on. I hope they get this shit figured out, man, because I, I was close to some shit. So I know that's the worst. Like, that's what um I I always get a I have like a twitch when people ask me about the strike resolving, especially mm-hmm. folks that are not like in the industry or not aware of like how the industry works. Yeah. So like regular folks are like, oh, yeah, with the WG, you know, are you like getting all kinds of work now and stuff? And I'm like, no, because <laughs> <laughs> every meeting I had lined up was, of course, like for re- the week of the strike being authorized or like going to be a yeah. few weeks after. And so like all the momentum over to, that could have been over the summer, like died immediately. I might tell you, be able to tell you off mic, but I, I had a uh, turn in an audition the week that the strike, the week bef- before the strike happened, turned it in and then. I was talking to my manager and he said, Oh, they, they wanted, they liked your audition. They want to check your availability. I'm like, I'm available whenever you need me. <laughs> and especially for this, yeah. it's not like, it's not like I would be famous, but it would be like, Oh, this is a good part. And it's actually good money. And it's okay. good, good, like screen time and all that shit. So, and then, then the strike happened. So it was just like, Oh my God. So hopefully that comes or if that's meant for me, it'll be, but it's it was good to be considered in something like that yeah of course put it man. that way yeah so it's just like chipping away at the the thing so how has it been for you like now how has it been because you know you were you're in la were you by yeah. coastal or you were just in la for most of the time so right? i was in la for i would say 89 percent of it of the okay. my the my time in the universal program i was speak I was on back, you know, t- tell yeah. us Let's go from a macro level because I don't know if everybody sure. knows this. I think it's it's uh we I'm sure that folks <laughs> listen to medium popcorn and and black guy who tips three guys on all that, 
But just from a macro level, talk about the program and then talk about, you know, your experience, you know, being there and L.A. just as a city. OK, I'm going to try to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do this as like a P, uh, PR um, friendly as I can. Um, sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the the Universal Writers Pro, uh, Lab, which is formerly known as the Universal Writers Program, um, essentially they like pick like a handful of like aspiring screenwriters. Um, and you get mentorship, like you get hooked up with a studio exec, you get hooked up with a producer, uh, a mentor, mm-hmm. and essentially you write one to two feature film scripts for Universal that they can, the studio itself can consider um, after you're done. And you like, you know, we have workshops and roundtables with people at, at Monkey Paul, 87 North, like a bunch of incredible, like Lord of Miller, things like that. Um, for those of you that don't know, Monkey Paws is Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele, yeah. yeah. Um, and like it, it was a great experience, you know. Like I got to not a lot of the writers because apparently they were all like LA based or like at least close to LA, uh-huh. which is a bit frustrating. But also showed for me, I think that displayed to a lot of people, like my mentors and other people in the program, like how dedicated I was that I dropped everything in New York to come move out to LA and make this yeah. work. Um, and so I took advantage of that. I was like the writer, like I was there at the studio every day working. I didn't have to be. I could have been like about my studio apartment or like at a pool, something like that writing. But I was always at the studio. I'm like, if I'm going to be at the universal lot, like I'm going to take advantage of this shit. Hell so yeah, man. That shit. was dope, man. Like, cause I got to, you just ran into random people. Like there was one time I was walking to get some coffee. I walked right by Gwen Stefani and Blake Sheldon. Um, I like, I've, I've walked by Vin Diesel, uh, a bunch of people on the, on the studio lot. Um, I think the coolest one, this is how big of a nerd I was. Uh, the coolest one is walking by John Williams and the he composer. Was looking, yeah. And he okay. was, he was there like in the studio exec floor and he was looking for the restroom and I like pointed him in the right direction. And what made my heart like get crazy was the hallway that he had to walk down to get to the bathroom at the end of that hallway is a Jurassic Park poster. So I'm watching John Williams walk towards his John, you know, Jurassic Park poster. And I was like, I'm such a fucking movie nerd. Like I like, this is such a beautiful moment to me. Yeah, it was crazy. I'm getting emotional thinking about it right now. Like that's the kind of stuff. Um, and I'm seeing an opportunity to write a feature script for Universal, which is the studio that shaped my childhood. I mean, that was fantastic. My script is fucking crazy. I'm um, sure as it you is. can imagine. It's a it's it's a wild one. I can't wait to. So Universal, I haven't heard back from legal yet, but I think they still have three months because of the strike. Mm-hmm. Do they have three months still to consider my script? And potentially okay. option and stuff because they have first look over That's great. stuff I wrote during the program. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a cool, I got to pay for a year to just be a full time writer. That was dope. Um, so you did get paid. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's that's a good. Program. Great. It's a pay that's, program. Yeah. that's awesome. Oh, bro. If I had to do this, like a pursuit of happiness situation, <laughs> like <laughs> we wouldn't be doing this podcast because I'd be out working. Okay. To make, make up that lost money. Man. Try to get over. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Yeah, I get it. No, but that's great, man. That's a, that's a gotta be uh, a, an amazing experience. That's one of those moments where it's just like, I'm in this, I'm in the game. What, wasn't your was Malcolm Lee your mentor? Yeah, Malcolm D. Lee was my producer mentor at Blackmail Productions. Um, he is creative exec. Uh, Chigo is uh, works with me, work closely with me during like my later drafts. Mm-hmm. The script, but she's fucking fantastic. Um, she's in charge of like their unscripted uh, division over there um, for television. 
And yeah, man, like that, that mentorship's been a lot. That mentorship is really dope. Um, and then Matt Riley was my studio exec mentor. He's working on movies like a uh, fall guy. That's the um, Ryan Gosling movie that's coming out soon. Um, oh. He worked on like silent, uh, no violent night. Um, the Santa the, Claus movie, the Santa Claus uh, die hard movie. Yeah. He, he was okay. a producer on that. So he's really cool. He's the one that like kind of pushed me into the action direction. He gave me some, some insight on some interesting projects and things that I liked that he was like, Oh, this is how this came together. And, I'll tell you off mic some of the cool trivia that yeah, you share with sure. me and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I'm just now reaching out to those folks again because of you know the media. The, essentially, we couldn't talk to any of these execs and creatives during the WGA strike. And even though I'm not officially part of the WGA, it was very much discouraged to reach out to anyone yeah. um, because you don't want to be seen as a scab and trying to, you know, it's just not a good look at all. Right. So. Right. No, I totally get it. I think I auditioned for some SAG approved low budget things mm. that that wouldn't have been being a scab but it was just like i didn't book them anyway so fuck you know <laughs> <laughs> whatever but uh uh yeah no that's that's really cool man so so what what was la like like how how yeah how are they different you know like not to necessarily shit on la or you know what's better but what did you what you LA like about is fucking it fucking crazy um yeah. i got used to it I actually there's a lot of parts that I miss of it. I like I will admit that like you know I I really like the neighborhood that I live in. I live in Studio City because I wanted to get an apartment where I could walk to the studio because I wasn't planning on getting a car. So I'm mm-hmm. like I got to find a place that's close to Universal. And I found an apartment that literally the complex was a 10 minute walk to the studio. Oh nice. Um and there's like a lot of interesting people in my complex like I uh like the son from like the the Dallas reboot was like in my co- complex. He's like, if you saw his face, you'd be like, oh, that's the kid. He's like been in a bunch of CW shit. Okay. Like yeah. Sure. Um, and then one day I was walking by and the brother from Coda like was signing next to me. And I was like, he looks really familiar. And then I was like, oh yeah. Cause he was just on dancing with the stars. So that I was like, oh movie, shit. That movie fucking wrecked me. Yeah, man. I watched I think that I right told you about it right before, that. before it came out. Like, cause I, I think you said it was good and, yeah. and people, you know, I had, well, it was before the Oscars. My dad died before the Oscars, but like, I just remember, like, yeah, I'm gonna see it. It's on Apple, yeah. and then I watched it. I was that shit fucking wrecked me. It was, it was really. I, good. I knew that Troy might win when I obviously Justin and I we watched a lot of them same movies for Sundance. That's when we first saw it. Yeah. Um, but then there was another person that I randomly talked to, like, uh within the critic circle who mentioned the same moment with the father, you know, uh, she puts her, uh, her hands on, um, uh, his neck. So mm-hmm. you can feel the vibrations of her seeing or like on vice versa. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and everyone was like that, that moment got to me. I'm like, Oh, Troy's going to win. <laughs> Troy's going to win. Like, is that, if that has that kind of a universal effect on people. Yep. Yeah. That, that shit. Cause, cause my dad, uh, like believed in me and shit and and mm. all that and he helped but so it was just like one of those was like fuck yeah Woo! that that was a hell of a movie yeah. yeah yeah but la um la is there's a lot of adventures that could be had in la now i uh <laughs> good and bad the metro is fucking scary as hell like is people it people talk about in new york the metro i felt like robocop should have been down there patrolling the whole time like wow. i've never seen so many bro i've never seen so many genitals and like naked homeless people but here's the weird thing about la because of the heat and everything i don't know why 
either motherfuckers are wearing like all the layers or they're wearing no layers. But the ones that wear no layers are surprisingly physically fit. I did not see one obese nude person out there. Uh, it was very bizarre and scary. Um, wow. And we had to take the Metro to get to Alamo draft house, downtown LA to go. How you, you were saying when I was asking you about Alamo, you, you're not too keen on them anymore. Are you there? It's too inconsistent. Now I would okay. say that I, I would say a few things about, cause I love Alamo. I have the monthly season pass and shit. Yeah. Like, um, LA, I think what started turning me in LA was one, there was a day where they just closed. I guess their systems were down, hmm. but they didn't email anybody. You, it, you know, we took the 50 minute commute there. Holy and shit. A, a p- bunch of people and the parking in that lot is terrible. And hmm. a bunch of people are going to the door and it says, Hey, we're closed. We'll email you soon about refunds. And we're just like, well, that's tacky as hell. Um, wow. and there started being times when we would go and they would always like be out of stuff. And everything I'm like, you guys are a chain. Like, how does this work? Um, and now I think my theory is people have realized that security doesn't really do anything. So people have started now breaking the rules, like having their phones uh, out and talking. And I think it's become now this thing where, and this is what sucks, is I think it becomes this thing where kind of the the people being disruptive kind of look around and be like, I wish you would because you put up the card and then they talk to somebody, they're gonna essentially know that you're the one that you know ratted me out. Yeah. So now it's actually put a spotlight onto the policy and who's actually going to enforce this shit. They need bouncers there. I've only been to the one in Yonkers and it's oh, okay. It's been pretty super tame. It's just been pretty chill. So I okay. I was trying to catch maybe bottoms out there at the one in Brooklyn a, a couple months ago <laughs> yeah. or something, but I never I never did it. So I mean, I, there's an AMC dine-in uh across the highway from me that I that's really my go to theater but yeah they yeah that's that's pretty and i I love that theater because they yeah. keep it clean and everything um but it's a shame yeah speaking of amc though i gotta say you know we, we i've told you before about like maybe like considering like joining some film critics groups and stuff like that because you uh-huh. love and talk about movies just as much as justin and i on media popcorn um la treats their film critics like fucking royalty mm. Like we are treated very well. Um, we get free concessions all the time. There was only one screening I went to in like all my time in LA where there were no concessions given. All the screenings are there. So all the studios host like screenings, like you know, um, for your consideration campaigns, and the talent is always there. There's always some talent there. Yeah. Like I went to a screening for the Fablemans and randomly to like introduce it was Adam Sandler. He was just hanging out. Carrie hmm. Mulligan was there and then Paul Dano was there. You know what I mean? So, um, which is actually, did you watch the new season of project Greenlight? No, I heard you talking about you. You, you were talking about it on one of the podcasts and yeah. I was like, ah, so there's a screening room. I think it's at UTA or it might be CAA. It's at one of the big agencies, right? Yeah. Um, that they host these screenings. And so that's the screening that we went to for the Fablements that Tati and I went and apparently that's a screening like that. That's a screening room that a lot of people use in a project green light. And one of the most traumatizing scenes, given like, I know what it's like to be a creative and feeling like people are like hating on your stuff. And the young new filmmaker, she shows a screening in that room and Issa Rae and her production company just like kind of shit on it. And you feel mm. this tension. And I'm like, Oh, like that, that's a terrible room. 
now. Um, yes. But that's where a lot of screenings happen for for critics. Oh, that was the movie good? Did the movie turn out Project Greenlight movie? No. I mean, none of them are good. Let's be honest. Like none of the Project Greenlight films are actually any good. Battle of Shaker Heights just made me realize that Shia LaBeouf was a star. Mm, that's yeah. like, I mean, that that performance was where he it was just like, oh, that that kid is really good, you know. But like, I don't know. I don't remember the other ones. But I, maybe I will check it out. It's on my. When you were talking about it, I put it on my list on on uh, Max. So. Yep. I'll get to it. I'd be curious to hear your perspective on it because, you know, just being so fresh from like the writing experience at the studio and kind of experience some of the stuff that Miko, the director that's chosen goes through. Um, it's like, you know, me and the writers group, we talk about how it's kind of triggering in some elements. Black know? lady. Yeah. yeah. Should I, should I watch the series, the show, then the movie? I would, I okay. would, you know, right. it's, it gives you more perspective. Um, okay. Okay. But yeah, LA is just, you know, there's a, like any city, there's, there's things that you'll like and things that you dislike. Um, for me, by the time I left, there's more things that I liked than disliked. Yeah. Cause a lot of people, I've never been to LA. I've only done, been in San Francisco, performed mm. and stuff. LA, I feel like I would kind of be afraid cause I'd probably like it too much. I mean, you like, you already drive. So you probably would take to it like get you like you know familiar with it a lot quicker than i do i did um it took me quite a while to kind of explore more and get outside of my neighborhood just because it was just me for a long time tatiana didn't come till uh, mid-fall um so i had already been there for about five months or so and you got a good one man because she supported you through that shit yeah that's gotta be rough yeah that was hard that was really hard like that um that probably that that gave me some feelings of and i i'm the only i'm an only child and stuff so like Same. for yeah. me to have someone that like you know like that's down for me like tati you know it's really really important um and so just having to leave her like in new york like when i came back in june um for like a few days and i had to leave and like knowing i was gonna see her a few weeks later in michigan for a wedding but even then that's for two days you mm-hmm. know when this is someone I spent the entire pandemic with. Like yeah. there was not a day within like whatever they said, Hey, y'all can start traveling, doing your own thing. Right. And spend pretty much all day with her. You know what I mean? So that separation, I just remember like her crying at the door and I started crying on the way to the airport. And I was like, I never want to feel this again. Like this sucks, you know? Um, and so I've, I know that if I want to like pursue this career on uh, full-time capacity outside, like any kind of daytime hustle, stuff like that, I need to be in a place financially where essentially she and our family can go wherever I go. Cause uh-huh. man, I can't go through that. That was, that was tough to have to go through that and then fly back to lonely ass LA. Like well, <laughs> that's tough. The way your career is moving, like you probably going to have to get used to it a little bit. <laughs> no, man. I know that's, it's just growing pains, but I mean, eventually it'll be smoother, but I, you know, I'm just thinking positively, you know, it's like you will have to deal with that. And I know what you mean. Cause I'm trying to find a real one. I'm on, I'm on the apps swiping and talking and all that shit. So yeah, man, it's, it's, um, so that you got, at least you got a strong foundation. So that's good. Yeah. I, I'm very thankful for it. Um, you know, when she moved to L.A. and she was she was more excited than me because she's been in New York all her life. She's never lived anywhere else. And so I think she really took to kind of being in a new city. The only issue is like, it was so hard to meet people. It's so hard to make friends out there. How's the um, scene? How's the comedy scene? 
It's interesting, man. There's like shows in every type of venue. Like uh, I did shows in the back of a bookstore, um, uh, a yogurt shop, a Chinese restaurant, um, Irish pubs. Obviously, there's a bunch of shows. Yeah. Um, but there's some pretty good mics out there, too. Like there's a mic that I would go every Sunday, Sunday Punchline in L.A. Um, I ran to a few uh, comics that I knew through like just social media and stuff there. Yeah. Um, that was cool. Like, Because I could walk there. I could take a little edible. like feel, you know. That's what I liked too about LA was I liked walking in LA. Yeah. Like there's some shady parts, but you can walk a long way and see something new. Whereas in New York, I'm like, I'm like I see that, you know, all the buildings feel redundant after a certain point. Yeah. Whereas LA has so much land and so much uh, landscape. You're just kind of spread like, out. Yeah, exactly. I thought about you and then we'll get back to LA, but I thought about you last week. I think it was last week. I did Nears Tavern. Oh yeah, you should. Uh, that, I think I saw near, that. That's near you, right? That's very close to me. Yeah, um, the Goodfellas Bar. But I, I was going to stop by, but I, ha- I was somewhere because I that, saw that. That's such a great fucking neighborhood, but the parking is. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was gonna have to turn around. I thought I was gonna have to go home. I told Chris the Booker, I was like, I dude, I, I'm looking for parking, but I'm, I finally fi- figured it out. But like, yeah, that that neighborhood. It's like it's New York, but then it's not. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of those places where it's like you could you could kind of see why some people really don't go into Manhattan. It, everything uh, is so okay. like close, like closed in. It's like so, so much of a community and you go into that place. It's like you go there and there's like guys outside playing dice mm. or playing cards or whatever. You go in. It's just such a nice bar. That, that's yeah. a good fellas bar. Yep. And I, I love, I love that neighborhood. I love, I love, uh, this part of Queens. Um, it's a different part than Astoria. Um, it's in different in a lot of ways, uh, which I appreciate. There's very few white people over here. Um, oh. yeah, we're, it's, it's the polar opposite of Astoria. Um, oh, you wouldn't think that. Okay. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know, what I, I appreciate about this area. Like, like you said, like, you know, because this is very close to downtown Brooklyn, which is where Alamo draft house and a bunch of retail stores, yeah, I realized like since I moved out here to Woodhaven, I haven't really needed to go above 14th Street in Manhattan. Mm. Like everything I need is either below that or in like Brooklyn and Queens. Like I don't. Yeah, it's like uh, it's interesting. I haven't been uptown Manhattan in a long time. Yeah, but that's spent, fine. I spent time like I think this past month just being in like. in Crown Heights, Bushwick. All those places just seem. That's where all the comedy is. Yeah, that's where everything is Bush now. Way, that's where everything is now at this point. It's weird. That shit is intense. How many food trucks do you need? <laughs> <laughs> that's a, That was intense. That was what William Williamsburg is kind of tame now. Oh, yeah. Williamsburg is like lame now. I used to call that NBA All-Star Weekend for white people. <laughs> I love that energy. Because all the band, the bands that I liked would come there and perform. Mm. So, like, I, you know uh brooklyn bowl uh i'm trying to think of where w- music hall of williamsburg and stuff like that yeah. you know like but i don't i don't know i don't know what it's like now i haven't i'm Bed- have- yeah bedford and williamsburg around that area that's all like a uh, late 30s like families now okay like the brunch scene yeah. is still popping but it's yeah. like everyone's got kids now what is isn't isn't pete's candy store considered williamsburg or no that's off a of lormer yeah 
I don't. I think it's a little further out from Williamsburg, but it could it's, be. It's the next stop after Bedford because it's near the Knitting Factory. Knitting and Factory I, is just Brooklyn. That's not Williamsburg, though. It's not. Yeah, that's a. Okay. Uh, I'm blanking on the name, but that's Metropolitan and all that. Yeah, because that's that's closer to Greenpoint. Okay, okay, so that's what that is. Because uh, Darren Patterson used to have the show. Oh fuck. He's gonna if he's listening to this, he's probably yelling at his phone. He's gonna come on, man. You know, come on, man. You know, fuck. Darren, I love Darren. Shout out to Darren, by the way. He's a Shout huge. Out to uh, he's, a, he's a consistent fan of comedy. It's always dope. The thing about Darren that makes me laugh all the time is, uh, do you remember like white comics? Somebody made like a list of like black comics that are racist or something. Uh, yeah. It was like after that white comic, ra- that white racist comic list came out. Yes. This is yes. a few years ago. And Darren Patterson was not listed just once, but twice on that list. That <laughs> was like, as who? a racist comic, as a racist black comic. What? I was just like, yeah. I, the nicest guy ever. Exactly. <laughs> racist. I mean, he twice. Could be. I don't. He's so racist that he had to be on that list twice. That's the, that's uh did Naruta do he did the racist white comics list? I believe so. Or he, okay. yeah, I think so. I don't know if when he was on here did we talk about I feel like we might have. What the fuck is the name of his show? It was a good show. It was in that bar. It was it that was it Greenpoint? I think so, because it was all all of that stuff was pretty close. Mm. Oh my God, we were talking about it. We we were talking about bar matchless, right? No, it wasn't that was Che that, and that was Che and Nimesh. Hannibal had the knit. Uh Gabe and and Samir has have Pete's. Yeah. They used to be at another bar that was like the railroad, railhouse, something to do with a train that was a pretty cool place. But I think that place closed. Yep. Oh my God, <laughs> that's horrible. Sorry, Darren. God. That makes me mad. I'm getting old. That's what it is. I can't know, man. All that stuff seems kind of... Well, that that neighborhood where the, those places were were kind of chill anyway. Mm-hmm. But so I guess maybe that wasn't Williamsburg. Yeah. Williamsburg, I think, is more of like where, where Brooklyn Bowl is. I think for me, that's also like a, for a marketing standpoint, like with producing... That's yeah. something I've been thinking a lot about is like what's going to draw people to this show versus like a reliance on foot traffic. Right. Because I learned that when I was doing shows in Astoria. Because I would like, I would kind of hope that like there'd be foot traffic, but then I realized a lot of people in Astoria, even though you have a lot of stuff that you can you don't need to go into Madden for there, people yeah. still went out of Astoria on the weekends. They yeah. go to Manhattan or Brooklyn for brunch and like the party and stuff. And so I'm like, oh, the nightlife here isn't really popping. Or except for people that come from outside Astoria into Astoria to go to the sports bars and stuff. And that's like not always the crowd you want. Yeah, that's I've done a lot of shows for people like that. Yeah, you get the Long Island crazies that go to Applebee's before they come to your comedy event. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) They're just echoing that. Yeah, that place is so that area is so it's so congested now, like even spilling into Long Island City, like being mm-hmm. there recently, like the creek in a cave. I just remember the years of doing comedy where you find a parking space easy. And now it's like you had I had to I had an audition there a couple of weeks ago. I had to 
park in a garage, take an Uber, a, a, a Lyft to the place where they are. It was ridiculous, man. There's so much traffic. It's crazy. Man, I miss Cricket a Cave so much. I was just thinking about that the other day with Mike. I'm like, we really like we obviously there's things at the time that you could complain about or think oh, they're sure. right or you know are problematic and stuff you would see, but from a comedy like beacon, like yeah. I feel like that was the consistent like place everyone would go to. Mm-hmm. No matter what level of the comedy you were at, like eventually you would cycle through there at least once every few months. Everybody was there. Like that was a place that you could go to work on your stuff and An experiment, uh, do weird shows and stuff and not really be worried about failing because Rebecca's like, well, we tried it, you know, <laughs> like, Rebecca, shout out to her, man. She tried to get me in Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> she tried. I think she was one of the only, I got to give her her flowers too. Cause she was the only one in that particular scene. Okay. That was like, I think she, she saw me at, at the knit at Hannibal show. Mm. She got me, got me an audition and she, she got me into, um, I'm going to forget the name of that other show. The third was the Thursday night show. Oh, uh, comedy is the second language. Yes. She got me. I did that. Hey, a couple cabin times. too. Damn. Cabin. Yeah, that's- yeah. That's how, you know, you're getting old. You can think of these old places. Yeah, the young comics, they wouldn't even be, I don't even think they could understand. Like a, a hang like cabin was very specific. Now, maybe not now, but they will. They're gonna have a place that shuts down that yeah. they they started. <laughs> Every everybody's gonna not to it's not to it's not even the, like a you'll have your heart broken. It's more like you'll ha- you'll have a place that you were fond of that closed and then you just you just move on, you know. Um she was one was somebody that tried. Yes. <laughs> yeah. She tried as much as her bank account was telling her to stop. No, she I mean, was trying. She, I'm sure she helped out a lot of people. I wasn't a bother to her, but she would, she would, she's, oh, you're, you're funny. Try, let's try to get you come on these shows. I would do well, but Montreal was just something that just, it just wasn't for me. I think I would have to have more achievements and credits to be invited, not as a new face, but. I'd have to have like some be super successful and then get invited. Not because of my skill. I didn't mean to turn this into righteous prick. Um, <laughs> righteous prick is no more. Oh yeah. Uh, it's a rate of your parade, now, your right? parade. Which I think, and I've told JL, which is, is really good for him. It's a good format. I, his I, co-host slash commentator is pretty good too. He's good. Cause like, I I was listening to him to them on the way back from a gig. I was at SUNY New Paltz, and that's about an hour or so drive. They're talking about rock music. I don't know shit about rock music, but I love that episode. I enjoyed the other ones, but you know, you know, a show is good when you even you can. I understood what they were talking about, but I didn't. I I wasn't. I didn't have the intimate knowledge of a lot of those bands that they had and I enjoyed listening to them talk. So it's like, now I think JL has somebody to perform for and, and it's good, you know, and, and he keeps them on, on task. So, um, that's, that's dope. good. That's a good look for him. I really like, yeah. I really like, enjoy that show. That's always good. When you have a show where people can kind of just jump in, they don't need to have a lot of 
uh, prior context to kind of enjoy it. You know, even yeah. like with meeting Paco with the movies we talk about, because a lot of people just know at this point, we're going to also share stories and ex- yeah. you know, related experiences. So it's like sometimes we don't even talk about the movie. You know, it's. Yeah, you guys had Kasim Gaines on to talk yeah, about awesome. Howard the Duck recently. And he was the first, I think I would probably say he was my first in in show business on the East Coast, I would say. Oh shit. Cause he got I did this uh this community theater production of uh, a Raisin in the Sun that he directed. Oh. That was like two thousand eight. Oh shit. You'll seven, two thousand eight. Okay, so you'll appreciate who I just met on Tuesday of this week. Who'd you just meet? I, I met Kenny Leon. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, I met Kenny Leon at uh, Afka had like an Afka on Broadway um, yeah. award show, and he was like the the key recipient um, for that. So I got to meet him. Yeah, he was, I was he was I was nice I was not cast in <laughs> the tour of a soldier's play that he directed. But I heard it was really close. I heard it was really close, and they gave it to a guy that had understudied for that show, mm-hmm. who's, who was, who's a terrific actor. And I had I knew the guy who they that they gave it to, and it's totally fine. So, is there a role? Is there a role that you would want to do on Broadway that you would kill for, Chris? That I would like this is a hypothetical, for. obviously, but oh, like, there's literally a, a murder, or just yeah, would really would really love to do it. I would say, really love to do a role on Broadway. They've already done Top Dog, they did, they already redid the a revival. Mm-hmm. I think oh, I we, met the producer of that play too. Who produced who? Uh, I forgot what her name is. Um, because she also won awards for like the color purple and stuff. Well, I worked with the writer Susan Laurie Parks. I when I first moved here, oh, nice. I was like early in my early when I first got here, a woman I knew from Chicago was working at um oh my god, what the hell is the name of that that theater? What is wrong with me? The Roundabout? No, it's right right on right on is it behind 4th? What is that theater? Jesus Christ. Joe's Pub, the Public Theater. Okay. And she and Susan Laurie Parks had a residency there, and then she was teaching at NYU. And I got on to her writing class by being an actor that her oh, students dope. use for her productions and stuff. So that was really fun to get to work with her. Um, who I mean, fucking amazing. I saw, yeah, I saw uh, Jeffrey Wright and um, Most Def. I saw. Did you see that one? I Most Def's understudy went on. Uh, Understudy okay, was I, great, but obviously I'm a big most deaf yeah. Bay fan. But um, I saw that one back in the day. That was amazing. Yeah, that was 2002, right before, right before I went to grad school. So that was really cool to see that. But where where was I getting on? Where was I getting? I was, I was was I? Well, I cut you off. You're going to ask me something about LA, I think. And then you said, "What would you, I kill to do?" Oh, well, yeah. I would. I like would like to do. I've feel like i've kind of aged out of lobby hero and my guy my nemesis uh he's not my nemesis brian tyree henry did it on broadway (laughs) i had an audition to do it regionally in florida and i blew the i blew the i i wasn't good uh huh 
maybe just like some August Wilson, some whatever's okay. like age appropriate, or yeah. just some new straight play, like a new, um, just a new piece that, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, but I think just something in August Wilson's canon where I'm sure I could do, yeah, mm. okay, yeah, I'd love to do something like that or something by Parks August Wilson, uh, uh, what's the lady that did? pipeline oh my god black lady pipeline sorry pipeline oh good play what is her name dominique morisau i like to okay. do some, some of her stuff i sometimes have nightmares of doing like a broadway show and i don't know my lines oh i had I don't know what that's about because i haven't been on a stage i haven't been a stage production in damn near a decade um like like in regards to like a play you know yeah uh, but sure. it's one after a full play. And so I'm like, I don't know why I keep having this dream. Like I have dreams while. about that too. That's a, I don't know what that is. I'll have to ask my therapist. I don't know. But <laughs> I, I occasionally get those. Yeah. No. Yeah. But I'd love to do some, some theater. Um, yeah. I'd love to go to do some Broadway shit. Uh, only other thing I was going to ask was the, about LA was just about like, um, Mexican food is it really that great? It's pretty good. It's better it's than New York, good. huh? Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a place that we would go to up the street from uh, our Palmer complex, pretty much like every other week at the the latest, mm-hmm. and we would get this birria tacos with the oh, consomme, and that shit was amazing. So, and it was always consistent too. It wasn't like a just a really good day we went like that. It was consistently on point. So. Yeah, I would say that the Mexican food in LA is definitely far better than uh, New York, unfortunately. Wow. Um, but a lot of the other cuisine, New York still got LA beat. I know there's like a there's a huge food scene in LA, and I went to a few good restaurants, but I still think L- New York is the fucking best. What about burger wise? What do you think? In and out, in and out was very consistent, but like for me, an in and out meal isn't on par with like a Whataburger or um never been to Whataburger. Whataburger's pretty good. I had it in Texas and I got into it. Um mm-hmm. and there was also there's another burger joint out there that I'm blanking on. They had I thought they had better burgers than uh, in and out. Mm-hmm. And I'm blanking on it. If I asked Todd, did she remember what it is? Um shit. Do you it's, like Shake Shack? I have mixed uh I have mixed experiences with Shake Shack. That's one of yeah. the reasons why for In and Out, like um well In and Out no, I just don't like the fries. So that's why I can't consider it like one of the greatest because I yeah. can't enjoy the whole meal. Um st- uh Shake Shack has been inconsistent. There's been times where I love it and it yeah. tastes great and it feels great. There's other times when I'll, I'm like, this is decent, and then my stomach will hurt. Mm. I don't know what that's about, but yeah, sometimes you like when you I I don't recommend doing uh DoorDash and Uber Eats, but sometimes you just don't feel like doing shit and you get it delivered. Yeah. Sometimes it's good and it's on point, then other times it's like hmm. I think that's any kind of food though. Bad burger. I just looked it up. Oh yeah, I heard about Bad that. Burger is really good. good. Yeah. Uh Jack in the Box wasn't bad. I like their tacos, surprisingly. Huh. That's what people say. I think when I was in, 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 I went to it and in and out, but it didn't feel like it. 
I it was near, I forget where I was near. It was what, I thought it was fine. Where were you in California? Yeah, uh Cobbs. So oh, okay. Northern California in San Francisco. Mm, okay. That was like 10 years ago though. Oh, uh, got it. Yeah, yeah I, I really enjoy a fat burger. There's one up the street. There's there's an in and out and a fat burger up the street near uh Universal Studios. Mm. I was right by the park too, which was dope because it's the park's all part of the studio lot and all that stuff. So Where that's they- that's why I did have a cool location. Like I could you liked it, you liked it there. Yeah, and there's also some perks as like an employee, like you know, you can get access to the park and stuff, which is dope. I gotta get out there and do do some shows. Yeah, the comic like there's a, quite a few shows and I can link you up with like you know, people you know, you should know from New York comedy scene, like Rob Hayes has a bunch of shows out there. I love Rob Hayes. Yeah, and he's I got love- podcasts too. Like he's doing really well out there. He's he's blowing up, but I I I consider him to be a cool guy. So I, I think one time I was at the knit, the knitting factory. And I had this, which I thought, which I should have put on failed running back. I got to find that tape. But it was a, I had a a bit about Steph Curry and Under Armour sneakers. And he, and he was like, so collect that bit. Cause he's like a, he's a real like sneaker head and fashion yeah. guy. And like, he gave me props. So, but I, I think that motherfucker is so funny. Yeah. He's really funny. Um, yeah. And oh, like that's a that's the thing too. Like the there's a lot of people I out in LA, like from the comedy scene that I didn't know were out in LA. Yeah. Like I like met up with Mike Lawrence, uh Suba Agawal's out there. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There's there's quite a few comics where I'm like, oh, you're out here now? Okay. Yeah, Suba's been out there for a while, I think. Like she yeah. I mean, when she was on here, she was that was I think it was during the pandemic. So she was she's writing for that um what's his name? Jeffries. Jim Jeffries, Jeffries, I think she was writing oh, okay. for his show, and so she's she's been out there, and Mike's been out there for a while too. Yeah, Langston Kerman, I yeah. saw him. Uh, Cindy Washington was out there. I think she's back now, but um, I saw her when she was out there. Chloe Hillard's out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw a bunch of people, um, and that was that was dope. Uh, running to come, I ran through the Reds Roy Wood Junior. Like outside the Paramount lot, when I was think? going to a screening. I wish they would have gave him that job, but he'll be fine. I think, I think they're going to. I think this is a really good negotiation tactic by his people, mm. because you have so many people online saying, "Give it to Roy Wood Jr. He quits." And what's happening right now is everyone's like, "Comedy Central, you fucked up." Blah 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 blah. It's if they, if they listen to that, if they listen, which they should, because that's the only thing they got going on that channel besides he'll, office reruns. He'll be. <laughs> There's nothing else with Comedy Central. He'll he'll be fine either way, but uh, yeah, of course. I think they just, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just a, I don't know, man. We'll talk about it off mic. But yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's a good. That would be really good for him. But he's, I mean, he's just, uh, he's just one of those dudes. He's a. I look at him as a a generational great. I look mm. at him as somebody that's just really. Oh, yeah. I knew Roy was uh, just a few months ago. This is when I knew Roy was on a different level. I was like, Roy is out of here. We were at the he was hosting the AFCA Awards mm-hmm. and he and I caught up like, you know, um, backstage and a woman came in front of him and then she was f- followed by four other people. And she's like, hi, Roy, I'm from this agency and these are also your agents. 
And I was like, and he's me there for the first. I was like, oh yeah, he, this is this is a different level. Yeah, he's gonna be fine. And the fact that he sat in my Ford Fusion that I don't have anymore and did my podcast, it was an honor. It was a real good, real good time. <laughs> yeah, man. But LA, you know what? Like, I would say definitely take a trip out there. Yeah. See if you like it. If you if you do take to it, it's not the worst city. It's expensive. Yeah, but I like I look fondly at my time there, and if that's a place where I have to be a few times a year for work and stuff, I'm not dreading that at all. Like the way yeah. I thought I would be, um, because I know it now. I know areas I like. I love Venice Beach and Santa Monica Beach and stuff. I love like that walk. Like I found it very therapeutic. Like I was able yeah. to like do like a a physical mental reset walking, um, you know, along the water. So yeah, I, I don't get that in New York. I, I, I just think don't I would, have anything like that. Yeah. I think I would fall in love with LA. Like I a lot of artists that I like, musicians that I like are out there. A lot of the music, the food, the women. <laughs> uh but but no, the I I uh I would love to visit, but if I visited, it would have to be for a show. And if I booked something that took me out there, I mean I would do it, you know. I uh I would definitely recommend um if anyone like is a creative and like you're just kind of looking for inspiration constantly out in LA, I would say Studio City is probably the best place mm-hmm. just because I've been run into people that like inspire me. Like I remember one time we just watched the episode of Southside and we were walking to the Ralph's grocery store mm-hmm. and we were talking about Southside. Oh, it's so fucking funny and creative. Like in aisle two is Diallo. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you know, I I got to be like, yo, we were just talking about you. Like, we love the show. You, you spoke so you spoke to yeah, him. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Because also, like, you know, we have mutual friends in the show. So I'm like, Yeah, oh yeah, I know so and so and so and so. Yeah. Um, it's it was awesome. Like getting getting that proximity to people, especially black creatives. Like Omar Epps was at a diner that we went to one time. Did you um, talk to him? I, I didn't want to talk to him then because it, it, I don't because sometimes it's it's easy to kind of blend in, in LA. And you sometimes guys, it, you guys, you and Justin did kind of shit on in too deep. Well, yeah, we did. But also, I love just, that movie. You don't want to draw attention to someone who clearly isn't trying to draw attention to themselves. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not, he's not like Neo going into the grocery store hoping that people are going to recognize him. Like yeah. he's just trying to eat like some grits. Was he by himself <laughs> or with his family? He's with, uh, he was with somebody. Okay. I don't know. Oh, who shit. They yeah, are, yeah. So yeah, he was with somebody. Okay. With, yeah. I don't know. Probably, probably his wife. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I would. I'm sure it seems like the black are. It seems you speak on this uh, that the black creatives are around each other a lot, or, or no? Are they <sighs> togetherness or no? When you say like in the comedy scene, or I don't in know, general? in general, showbiz in general, or no? I don't know. I think creatives are around each other a lot. I think yeah. that that's something. Um, yeah, I just think it's a, it, that's the town, right? So everyone's yeah. just kind of like used to being around each other. So you'll be with people that are like blowing up or like, you know, low key, like millionaires in the same space. Yeah. And no one's like acting better than the other. That's why I liked about oh, okay. the screenings. Like yeah. as a critic, you know, Justin and I in New York, we often feel like the very bottom of the barrel compared to the prestigious, mm. like the, the aura that a lot of people give out at these screenings, even though they be talking and on their phones the whole fucking time right yeah but in la it's all equal like there was a the dude from hollywood reporter behind me and tati at a top at a little mermaid screening next to the guy from hot ones you know what i mean so oh. everyone's just chilling yeah. and eating popcorn and enjoying or trying to enjoy that movie because that was 
weird. Oh, um, okay. Did you see Little Mermaid? The one with uh, Halle Bailey? I took a date to see that because she wanted to see it. Um, <laughs> she And then, like, the thing about her, like, we're not seeing each other anymore. And the I, I, people were probably tired of me talking. It, it's just... I, the fact that, like, I thought it was just okay. I would have rather have seen that Julia Louis Dreyfus movie, but then that might have that you hurt my feelings. Yeah. Uh, than the Cole <laughs> Hall of Center movie, and I I was blown because we were supposed to go see Black Star, but that show ca- got canceled. Oh and damn! To, and to have to go to a movie, and then for that to kind of count as a strike against me, to where like <laughs> she thought like oh i wasn't fun or something you know like because it's like i took her to a play and i wanted to see the i thought the play would be a cool first date my friends would say oh it's maybe too much to take a girl to dinner in a play but it's like i want to do what i want to do i want to have fun yeah. i want to do some you want to show who, who you are and how you like to get down yeah what i like or whatever and then she would she was saying so oh i think that if we went out dancing, that would be too turned up for a third date. And I was like, why would you say that? I'd love to go dancing with you. And she was like, well, you know, our first date, I was like, I don't, I, but I don't know. That just, and that just soured me. And the movie wasn't, I mean, she liked it. And that's all that matters. Really. <laughs> I I bought her, like, I think the, we had a nice dinner and she wanted popcorns. I was impressed that she like had eight snacks. It just didn't work out. Whatever. I'm but sorry, uh, I, <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. Uh, don't get me started. But no, that was uh, it. Was okay. It was okay. Yeah, I. I mean, there was parts where the correct, like the audience, definitely laughed when they weren't supposed to laugh. Oh shit! Oh man! And so I. You know, I was—I can appreciate what this means for people, but it's also like, stop fucking with the originals, man. Yeah, like yeah. the animation still holds up. If they were like crudely drawn and the shit just didn't make any sense or still look beautiful, like I get it. But you know, give Halle Bailey, uh, Halle Bailey something original to do. Make yeah. her like a new generation, like uh, Disney icon. Don't make her do this thing that's going to already put her against fucking trolls and stuff because Disney doesn't have a good track record with defending their black arts against that. Like, yeah, you know, that's the thing that frustrates me. And also the movie's 30 something minutes more than the original and doesn't add anything to the story. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, it was just kind of blah. That's my problem with all those Disney remakes, except for Jungle Book. Jungle Book was the first one to add a little bit more context and layers to the story. Mm-hmm. The Lion King I'm like, this did not need to be longer than original. This they're literally just doing this the original with nothing new. It. Yeah, it's uh and then they're not making them for me anyway, you know. Yeah, that's true. So it's like a little girl sees that, I'm like, fine. But I just did not like that that movie counted as a strike that it wasn't <laughs> quote unquote fun. And, and then it, what would have made it worse if you is you checked out uh Halle Bailey's Instagram while you're on this date. And then she just like, really, Chris? Really? <laughs> is this what you that was like, hey man? Man, she be that's how I learned what a thirst trap is. I like Chloe a little better. Chloe is uh yeah, let's not talk about that online. But <laughs> I I thought I thought they, I forget the name of the movie that she was in 
that was pretty solid, like a teen. Uh, Are you talking about Hallie? No, Chloe, her sister, was in this movie. Oh, uh, okay. They were both on Grownish, and um, yeah. Chloe was just recently with Swarm, I think, right? Yeah, for not that long. Don't yeah, she was in it for like an episode and then like flashes. Yeah. She's good, man. I think they're both talented. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're both really talented. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the the movie that. Uh, Hallie has got this movie coming out soon with the uh, old dude who died from euphoria, Austin uh, what, uh, Angus Cloud. Yeah. Yeah, they did this movie about this uh, fraternity. Um, that stars the kid from Hereditary. It's actually really good. I watched it for Tribeca. Okay. Yeah. Um, How are the um, film festivals? Uh, to be honest, I mean, the only one I've been able to actually attend is Tribeca Film Festival. Um, Toronto wasn't able to make that happen this year. Uh, New York Film Festival didn't, uh, you know, uh, accept my application. But I think that's more because I was so critical of my experience there. Like that's oh. what I've learned as a critic is that you have to be willing to like kind of sever this relationship um unless like you know you don't mind not being invited back to something or being invited to screenings like wonder brothers does not invite us to anything now because of us being real about our experiences going to a matrix resurrection screening but they didn't treat you guys right right no but like that's but you essentially said like you know you have racist people working like this just was not a good look Mm -hmm. in any shape or form and then on top of that it felt antagonistic from this mm-hmm. white lady that was pulling us out the theater. Jeez. And so, you know, speaking our truth and I mean, it would have been cool to get an invite like to a advanced Barbie screening, but at the same time, like I didn't suffer because of it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's Barbie. I thought it was good, but like, yeah, it doesn't hold up on the second view. I'll say that without the hype behind it, it's just fine. Yeah. It's, it's, it was more subversive than I thought it was going to be. I was, I looked, I watched that movie and I was like, all right, yeah. you know, Greta Gerwig, you know, for, for, for it to be such a corporate, mm. gargantuan corporate project that the, the jokes that they got off, I was like, all right, wow. Yeah. I didn't expect it to be that silly given her, like yeah. her past work, you know, it was very weird. Yeah. But and then, you know, again, I'm not the target audience, but at the same time, I'm not like and I'm not one of those dudes that are like, oh, fuck that, man. Yeah. Fucking. I was like, <laughs> what? that's not even anything you, you would. need men to be successful, man. What are we doing? Yeah, it's not even a movie that you would be angry at. You know, it's that 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 to me was was just fucking weird. <laughs> I was like, I don't I don't I don't get the. I don't get why you're upset. Yeah. It's not, it's not fucking worth it. I didn't even log that movie that that Chloe Bailey movie that I was trying to find. I'm on letterbox. <laughs> I thought I logged it, but it was just this movie where she was the, I think she was the second lead. Okay. She was good in that movie. That was the singing, like bring it on, but for a gospel choir. Well, uh, I never seen that. Uh, so the movie I'm going to share, I'm going to share my screen. Can I do? It was the. Oh, crap. I didn't want that there. It was the, uh, the movie I was telling you about was Jane. Okay. 
and it's uh and like three stars i should have logged that i'll log it right now i didn't see it on october 7th i'll fix it later <laughs> we're watching chris leave a review real time everybody i thought it was pretty good i was like i wonder why did, didn't this show up is that summer read in there uh like Which who's one? the who are the actresses on the poster? Madeline Petch, Chloe Bailey, and this uh, Chloe Yu. She was she was. Oh, okay. It's uh, it's about this girl that these girls are friends at this pr- super this prep school, and one of the friends kills herself. Oh jeez! And then these girls take on her identity via her like social media, and they oh, start shit. like bullying people. It gets kind of crazy. It gets kind of wild. It's pretty decent. It's a it's a solid movie. But Chloe Bailey was in this movie, Praise This, which was really, really fucking fun. Like a fun black movie. Bring it on for it's on Peacock. And it's like it's essentially like bring it on, but for show choir, gospel choir. Okay. National championships. It's it's really just pleasant and fun. And Chloe, I don't, I think like I listened to her album and I'm like, okay, it's clear that you have talent, but I think she's trying to lean into this thing. Like niggas, you be fucking with me. I'm a fuck you boy. I'm a fuck your friend. And it, it was like, yeah. no, that's not, that's not really you. Cause I was, I think I was listening to the last record on the album and I was like, that's, that's who she is. You know, like she's like, uh, she's more soulful. Yeah, like she doesn't, you don't have to do everybody's not there's only one scissor. Mm, you know yeah. what I mean? That's that's true. I think a lot of these girls, and I'm just using and scissors very talented. She's selling out arenas, but I think everybody can't a lot of these a lot of artists, and not just women, but a lot of artists try to sound like everybody. Mm. And I think it's just in 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 your best interest to just try to fucking be different instead of trying to be somebody that you're not, but you know, yeah. But sometimes you gotta, you know, you gotta, everybody reports to somebody. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that could be a good, everybody reports to somebody. Maybe that's the title, but yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know. I I, I was just kind of like, that's not who she is. And maybe she's young. She'll figure it out. But that yeah, she wasn't. Got, she wasn't got more money than me, so yeah, she's doing way better than than both of us. You know, I'm. <laughs> I mean, I'm figuring out how I can make my car payments. I got to get a hotel that I'm going on the road that they they won't uh, fucking pay for your hotel and all that all that shit. But you do it because you fucking love the craft and you can do a long set and you can maybe get something out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and you just you just keep plugging away. I was talking to a comic about that a couple hours before we click the mics on here, Brandon, you know, it's just, you do what you gotta do. You do what you gotta do. And what are you there, can do. What you can do. Um, are there any movies that you're excited about? Are you excited about this? Uh, Killers of the flower moon. This uh, uh, excited isn't exactly the word I would say intrigued. Yeah. Um, it's Scorsese's longest movie, which will be interesting. Um, but I heard Leo's fantastic in it, and I heard uh, Lily uh, Gladstone's 
also phenomenal in it. So looking forward to seeing it just based off of what I've heard of those two performances. Cinematography wise, it's probably gonna look amazing. Um, I'm curious to see how the editing is because sometimes Scorsese stuff can be a little choppy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I'm interested in. And then for the rest of the year, man, color purple, if it sticks to its release date, I'm excited for. Um Rustin, I'm seeing next week, so I'm really looking forward to seeing that. And then there's the Jeffrey Wright movie. I think it's called uh, American American Fiction. American Fiction that I'm really intrigued to see. They say could get a nom a nomination. Finally, I'm you know that that to me is the one that I'm really excited about that I know of right now. That's the only thing you know. I have to be exposed to it. I have to see something in a trailer. For me to be like, oh, I want to see that. But just I was looking at the Montclair Film Festival, which I don't think I'll be able to go to. Um, I think I'll be out of town, but I didn't see that playing there. So I'm just going to see it whenever it comes out um, yeah. in the theater. It's probably going to premiere in New York. So I'm sure I'll I'll make a way to go see it. But as far as the this, this is the biggest one, I think. Right. Right. Yeah. Currently. I would say weeks. so. Yeah. I would say it's probably the biggest, especially the ones that stuck to the release date. Yeah, this is the the biggest one. And, you know, we'll just see how the rest of the award season goes. The crushing thing for me is that we lost Challengers. We lost this Zendaya movie. Mm. That, to me, is one of the... As a fan, I was pretty crushed that that got pushed back to next year. Mm. I think it's like April. I think that might have had some might she might have had some steam. I mean, I'm sure she next year she'll have Dune 2 and that. So yeah. um I think she'll have a good 2024. <laughs> yeah, know, she'll she, be fine. I yeah. I love her. I'm I'm excited about that to see that next year. But um yeah, I think is I think that's about all that I'm all that I know of. The last movie I was excited for before, you know, like going into the fall and stuff was uh turtles mutant mayhem that was the last one i was genuinely really excited to see mm-hmm. and then i saw bottoms that was a lot of fun and really yeah. weird um, very but, weird but i love but, it but after that i'm kind of like everything's going to be on a platform that's the thing too that's kind of killed my excitement for movie yeah. releases now is i'm surprised by how quickly things are getting on streamers now i know like that that movie brother that's really dark and sad like i remember renting that a month or two ago and it's now out on it's on netflix now um i really want to see this film story av with the kid from when they see us uh about this kid that's in the uh he's in the it's a new york story oh is that what louis guzman yeah Okay, yeah, I saw that. I saw a screening for that at Almo. You saw like it? A, well, no, I saw like a screening being offered for it, like at Almo, like a week or so uh, ago or something. The homie uh, Damian Lemon saw it. He said it was good. It, it was playing at the Quad Theater. And if I wasn't away, I would be going, I would probably would have seen it this weekend or something. But I'm excited about that. Like the little small, small films with mm. a, like a nice, probably has a good story to it. Yeah, uh, stuff like that. You know, I, I get excited about. I saw the Royal Hotel a couple of nights ago. It was playing at the AMC. Solid. 
the ending was pretty wild, but it was fine. Okay. Yeah, but that's this- what's her name from um Ozark uh yeah. and um Cutie uh Jessica oh. Shu. No, it's Jessica. You'd be fucking up some names, man. Is Jessica Hugh? Something Henwick. Like Henwick, yes. She is My beautiful. Bad. I like yeah, I, 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 I was just like, oh my God. Like, what else is she in? Yeah, she's a cutie. Yeah, she's yeah, I gave it three stars on the letterbox. Um, yeah, man, I can't think of anything else I'm super excited about. I do I like the holdovers, you know, uh Alexander Payne. I'm sure that's going to have Oscar, Oscar love. Yep. Um, every time he does something, I'm trying to look at my, I'm trying to see what's on my watch list. Fair play. I'm hoping to watch tonight. That's yeah. I never got to it. I had, I had a screener for weeks and I just never got to it. Um, but I've heard solid things. Um, yeah, there's just nothing. I think because of the strikes, there's just nothing that really excites me. Um, and the biggest, spectacle that's coming out for the rest of the year would be color purple that i'm like like i'm intrigued by yeah um just because i know it's gonna make me sad as hell but i'm i'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it yeah yeah dude this is kind of a i've been in i enjoy movies any time of the any time but my excitement for things yeah no all right man well Talk about this uh your your next Halloween show, your your uh, next live show. Yeah, really excited. Medium popcorn. We're doing a live show in Manhattan as part of Frigid's Days of the Dead uh festival. We're gonna be reviewing uh Friday 13th, Jason Takes Manhattan. I've never seen this Friday 13th sequel. I heard it's fucking crazy. Uh that's gonna be at the uh, St. Mark's uh, under St. Mark's Theater. Uh, in New York City at 10.30 Eastern on Friday, October 27th. You can get tickets at mediumpopcorn.com uh, for in-person or live stream if you're not in the New York area. So again, that's mediumpopcorn.com for tickets for our Halloween show on Friday, October 27th. That's great, man. I remember going to one of them and I had a great time. I think it was at Le Poisson Rouge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What movie was that that you guys did? Mighty Ducks 2, I think. Okay, that's the one. Thank God yep. you remembered because I was trying to remember <laughs> what that was. Well, Brandon, this is always a pleasure. You got to come bro. back on. Always a joy to have you on to shoot the shit with you. Um, sh- everybody, go get tickets. It's going to be a great time. Uh, yeah, go go to Brandon's show and uh, get a papaya dog after. <laughs> is that near there? And anyway, who gives a shit? But to go to the show. There's papaya dogs everywhere, baby. It's New York. That's right. Hey, oh, walking here. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll talk to you next time. Take it easy, everybody. <laughs>